persecuted or plotted against. Affected individuals may have grandiose delusions associated with protecting themselves from the perceived plot. The key schizophrenic symptoms are delusions and or auditory hallucinations. Paranoid schizophrenia usually does not involve the disorganization of speech and behavior seen in other subtypes of the disorder. Typical patients with paranoid schizophrenia are tense, suspicious, guarded, and reserved. Now, despite all a paranoid schizophrenia's negative stigmas, what most people don't realize is that with seeking counseling, using proper medication, and daily mental and physical routine, like taking your medication, overall taking care of your body, getting enough sleep, and staying away or knowing how to deal with the physical and mental things that trigger hallucinations, delusions, my type of schizophrenia is not that hard to live with. I've been living with it for years and I'm perfectly fine. Now don't get me wrong, I have to work just a little bit harder than your average person to get through my day to day, but I give every day my all and I get through it. I really have no other choice. And to tell you the truth, most people who meet me in the present day honestly have no clue that I have an illness until I tell them. Then they act very surprised. I really take that as a compliment. I mean, don't be mistaken, I haven't always been this mentally stable and put together. It took a very long time and it was a huge struggle to survive for many years. In the beginning it was pretty rough. I never really had things easy. There were a number of years that I came very close to losing my life. It was a very long road to recovery. In most cases, people think an illness such as this is a certificate and license to get locked up and give up on life. I'm not gonna lie, there was a while where I did that too. But there's always hope. One should never give that up. To the best of my knowledge, schizophrenia is something that you have to be born with. Then, as you grow up, life-changing experiences trigger it and bring it out. With me, it all seemed to start at age 16. That was a very difficult year for me. In retrospect, that seems to be when all the intense craziness began. It wasn't only until now that I'm much older, on medication, and seeking therapy, that I could look back at those years for the first time and slowly start to realize all the things that really went on. And even still, I can't be incredibly accurate. A lot of it's guesswork, but I'm trying my best. That's really all I can do. Now just imagine for a minute that you're living in a span of a bunch of years, the beginning ones are the most horrible you could ever possibly imagine, then all of a sudden you almost die, end up in a mental institution, and then over the course of the next bunch of years, you slowly come to realize that all of the most important and true events in that period of your life never existed in a sense. Well that's what happened to me. I'm referring to a huge chunk of my life. In those years and to this day, I haven't had to experience all the negative symptoms of my illness such as intense paranoia, delusions of grandeur, hearing voices, seeing and interacting with non-existent people and objects, and many other types of paranoid hallucinations and delusions. But looking back, it really started earlier than 16 years old. That's just really where I date most of it back to because that was the time when it really started to get bad. So when I talk about these kind of things, sometimes people ask me, well, if you experienced things that were imaginary in a sense, wouldn't you realize that they weren't real? Well, that's the tricky part. To my knowledge, and I could be wrong, but you have to be born with paranoid schizophrenia and its symptoms are more of a gradual process. Looking back, now with the self-awareness of my illness, I've come to realize that I've been seeing and hearing non-existent things for as long as I can remember, dating all the way back to my earliest childhood memories. And it's really hard to take notice of these types of things when they've been happening to you your whole life. As a kid, at first I'd hear a little something here, see a little something there, it would trigger a tiny delusion, and then it would be gone I really wouldn't pay it any attention because back in my childhood and early adolescence, these types of symptoms were never intense enough to make a long-lasting impression on my mind. But then as I grew up and started to develop more intense emotions from my first experiences with love and intimacy, like all teenagers go through, my symptoms would start to happen more often. My symptoms would grow and develop just like my body and emotions would grow and develop with puberty. It's just the natural process of things. 
Then around the time I was 19 years old, it got so bad to the point where I was living in a complete world of horrifying hallucinations and virtually nothing was real anymore. My hallucinations and delusions nearly killed me. It was horrible. So I think it's safe to say that I didn't grow and develop like most teenagers. My first experiences with the normal emotions and normal things teenagers go through were a little bit different than most people because I had some extra stuff going on. And the horrible thing is that my mind, still to this day, through classical conditioning, still subconsciously associates those normal things with all of the horror and fear that the hallucinations and delusions that stemmed off of them caused me. Like I said, my hallucinations and delusions nearly killed me at one time, so you can only imagine where the subconscious elements of paranoia and fear come from. My teenage years were very messed up. Trust me, there's a lot of severe trauma and emotional scarring that comes along with the physical and emotional development of a paranoid schizophrenic. It's a hard thing to heal from. I'm doing my best, though. Now, in reference to my hallucinations, sometimes people ask me, well, when you were 19...